Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Adam Casel. I'm the vision and administration pastor here on staff. Um, our mission is to encounter the love and power of God and give it away to the world. Um, if you are new or looking to get more connected, we have, um, there's the cards right in front of you. Take a picture or scan that with your phone's camera, take you to a connect card. There's also the physical card if you want to fill that out. We've got other posters out in the lobby with um, other info that you might want to know about what's happening um, in different ministries that we have. So a couple of housekeeping items real quick. As a reminder, Randy mentioned this last week, we are asking uh, during the service, please do not use the restrooms in the children's area. This really is for the protection of everybody, our kids, our young ones, our most vulnerable, and for you all. So we've got uh, the restrooms out here. I know they're not huge, but I've never seen a line. So you, if you have to wait, it shouldn't be for very long. Uh, we also, this week and next week, the two parts to our uh, Vineyard DNA class that we do. We try to do that a couple of times a year. So if you're newer uh, to the Vineyard, not have, have not come to one of those, invite you to come on out. We're, we're providing lunch today, uh, homemade pizza from Papa John's. And um, so it's a great way to hear about the, vis the history of the Vineyard overall as a movement. Um, this church specifically, uh, we'll talk about our values this week. Next week's going to be a lot of fun to uh, talk a little bit about prophecy, hearing from God, and our, uh, the five-step prayer model. Um, also, we have, um, in a couple of weeks, on the 19th, right after the service, our last um, capital campaign Q&A. So if you have not been, been able to go to one of those yet, invite you to come. Again, that's going to be right after the service. We'll provide lunch. Um, these really have been... Uh, Really good time. So if you have questions, uh, we've got responses. So please please come on out and uh, ask your questions. Uh, so I was not supposed to speak this morning. Um, Randy was going to. He called me uh, less than 24 hours ago. And uh, he, well, unfortunately, he, he and Jane are out of town. Uh, Jane's mom had another stroke. And so they are going to, to be with her. Um, so... I got an update. Things are, I think, going pretty well, but she does have a significant procedure um, that's either today or tomorrow, so please uh, be praying for them. Um, so I won't have slides. My notes will be on the website. Um, if you are familiar with golf and or baseball, this is going to be a grip it and rip it Sunday, which means I don't have time to think about it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to swing away. So here we go. All right. Well, let's pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for Jane's mom. Her name's Marge. And um, pray for me. So, Jesus, you, um, as, as a staff, and we've been just talking about praying, acknowledging nothing ever surprises you. You're, you've never once been surprised. And so um, you are superintending all of this. You are in charge. And so we do pray for Marge. Um, that you would bring healing, um, give the doctors wisdom and guidance and uh, comfort for Jane and Randy, Jane's father, um, yeah, and your peace. Just be with them um, in, in the midst of this. And um, yeah, Lord, thank you that your word does not go out void. It accomplishes what you desire, and so that's what I'm trusting this morning. Um, achieve and accomplish what you want, that it would, um, that your word 
as a seed would find root in fertile soil. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. So one of the many things that my wife does really, really well and has done for our family is uh, celebrating whoever's birthday it is. So for uh, the seven of us, when it's our day, we get to choose the, the whole food menu, right? Breakfast and dinner, usually. And that person gets first dibs on leftovers. Because as you can imagine, when seven miles, there's competition for food. We're trying to root that out, but it still happens. So the person, whoever's birthday it is, they know that that meal is for them. Now, it's especially significant to me because I love fish, and my wife hates fish. So she makes fish. It's not the only day of the year, thankfully. But I know that that's an act of love. Food is amazing. You know, as you, if you know much about it, I don't. But if you know much about it, there's the science behind pairing of flavors and different preparation can bring out different flavors. Even as I'm talking about food right now, some of our mouths are starting to water. That if we, if we walk into a, a house or room where, where it's cooking, it smells good, again, our mouths start watering. Our, our stomachs start rumbling because our bodies are ready to start digesting the food. There's excitement. We often connect with one another over food. It's a shared experience. How many times do you, especially like a, well, we used to call them potlucks. I guess it's not, they're now pitch-ins. Uh, how many times, oh, have you tried this? It's amazing. Who brought this? It's so good. Have you tried this? It's, eating's actually pretty intimate. We, we let our guard down when we share a meal with somebody else. There was a, a, a photographer in the, 20th century did something kind of revolutionary, took pictures of people eating, uh, which was one of those things like nobody wanted to capture that before because everybody likes to look, oh, burger. Food is essential for life because we can only go a few weeks without it. Food is crucial in the Bible. Uh, the Bible starts with food, right? Don't eat from a specific tree. It ends with food. We look forward to the marriage supper of the lamb. And in the middle, arguably one of the most important sacraments revolves around food, the Lord's Supper. Food, as we all know, is essential. Almost every, if not every Jewish festival involves food. We're in the food season in our country right now. It starts with copious amounts of candy, and it ends with copious amounts of New Year's resolutions to lose the weight that we've just put on for the last two months. Since food is essential to life and plays a role in even our enjoyment of life, a challenging and beneficial practice is fasting, everyone's favorite discipline. <clears throat> Fasting is a specific type of abstinence, but it's not the only type. Abstinence is staying away from other activities for a similar purpose as fasting. I'll, I'll come back to that at the end. As a church, as we're in the midst of doing this capital campaign and some decisions and opportunities that the Lord has before us, we believe God's calling us to a, a, a corporate time of fasting and prayer. This is not something we're taking lightly, so that's why I'm spending some time on it this morning. 
because we want all of you to really pray and to decide in your own heart how you might be able to participate um, in a, uh, starting next Sunday. So what I want us to remember this morning is that the practice of fasting is an intentional response to a specific need. The practice of fasting is an intentional response to a specific need. So we're going to look at three things this morning. Why do we fast? What is fasting and how do we do it? Why, what, and how? Uh, Pastor, professor, and author Scott McKnight in his book just titled Fasting says, Fasting is the natural, inevitable response of a person to a grievous, sacred moment in life. I'll read that again. Fasting is the natural, inevitable response of a person to a grievous, sacred moment in life. So fasting is not a manipulative tool to, to, tell, to get what we want from God. It's not a way of saying, see God, see how badly I want this, I'm not eating. Nor are we like a toddler, I'm not eating until you give me what I want. I'm going to hold my breath. Right? Fasting doesn't prove how much we want the outcome. It's about a response to the sacred moment. It brings us into focus. So I'm sure as we're all aware, as great as food is, it can lull us into a sense of complacency, and we can use it to cover hurt and pain. So fasting is a response to a situation. McKnight gives six categories of sacred moments. Death, sin, fear, threats, needs, and sickness. They all have a desired outcome, which is often the opposite. So if there's impending death, that God would bring life. If there's sickness, that he would bring healing. If there's sin, that he would bring forgiveness. So for our situation, we have a need and we're asking God for an answer. Entering into a specific time of fasting and prayer in response to a need around this building that he would give us an answer. To get more specific, why, why we're putting out a call for a corporate fast. Again, as we've been saying, God has called us to inhabit the space. We believe very strongly God has called us here. And there are things we don't know. That's, why, that's what we need answers about. We're seeking God's wisdom and direction. So big, big question that we hope could get answered pretty soon. Do we buy this building or do we continue to lease? That's a big deal. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to be praying in the direction, God, make it so that we can buy this building. And at the same time, from a place of surrender, I, just want to, I only want your will. I want to be indifferent to everything that's not your will, right? I had an I can say briefly, I had an encouraging conversation yesterday, but we're still waiting on some numbers. Hopefully, we get that this week. You can pray for that. Pray that the, it comes through this week. We want God's clear guidance as we move forward in unity. I can say, as I've been a part of all but one of these Q&A conversations, there is so much unity. There's a ton of unity, we, and we don't want to take it for granted. Enemy loves division. He loves to come in and, and divide, and he's really good at it. But we're not unaware. 
Again, this is also a time as we've invited people in to pray specifically about whether or not you can give and how much. As we've been saying, prayerfully consider what you might be able to give over and above your normal giving over the next two years. So we're seeking wisdom and direction. We're also seeking God's protection and provision. As Jesus prayed uh, for, for the, the disciples and for us, he said, I, I don't want you to take them out of the world, but protect them from the evil one. I just talked about division, but I am sure the enemy doesn't want us to have this building for kingdom purposes. I would say if it works out, this would free up a good chunk of financial resources that we could use in a variety of ways. Also, God has called us to this time and to this place. He's called us here so we're gonna, he, we know he's going to provide, and so that fuels our, our seeking him for, for provision. That builds up trust. God, you said you're going to provide. Provide for us. Do it. Not in a demanding sense, but deep trust as kids with our Heavenly Father. We want to seek God's glory as we walk in obedience and as we seek him to wake up to his presence even more. This is a time, when, when we fast, it's a time to hunger for the bread of life and to thirst for the one who has everlasting water. So the reason, again, the reason we fast is because there's a, a specific situation and that the, the appropriate response is to fast. So what is fasting? Again, to read McKnight's definition, it's the natural, inevitable response of a person to a grievous, sacred moment in life. Two things Specifically, one that I'm calling body posture. Psalm 63.3, the psalmist writes, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. The psalmist sees our bodies as responding to God's love. And I think that first part prompts, we, we can put a lot into that, the second part, because of your steadfast because your steadfast love is better than life, I will forsake food or something else to seek you. It's a time of acknowledging God's love and bringing every member of our body to respond appropriately, that we, we have authority over our physical bodies to say, you're not going to have physical food because this is a time of seeking the Lord. It's a time of saying, we have a need, God, and you have an answer. So would you give us the, the answer to our need? Another part of the body posture is Jesus in Matthew 6, 16. He, he starts out saying, whenever you fast. Now, we only say whenever or when if we assume a person's going to do something. So when you go to work. Or when you come home, fill in the blank. When you wash the dishes, fill in the blank. The assumption is you're going to do that first part. So for Jesus, the assumption is, hey, you're going to fast. He's assuming, encouraging, and even practiced himself fasting. So, so Jesus knows it has benefit for life in the kingdom. 
in the early church, like in the, within the first century, there's this short book called the Didache, which just means teaching. And in there, the early church, they had two regular days a week that they would fast. So very close to the time of Jesus, and they saw fasting as an essential part of a kingdom living. It's a, it's a means of becoming the people that we've been created and redeemed to be. Now, I do want to say briefly, because we can look at what Jesus said there about fasting and, and uh, how we're supposed to appear, and we think, oh, we can't tell anybody about it. I think what Jesus is saying is, hey, when you fast, comb your hair, wear your normal clothes, put the moisturizer on your face or your makeup, so it shouldn't be evident just from looking at you that you're fasting or that we offer unsolicited, oh, I'd love to have that snack, but I'm fasting. Dang it. I always have to fast when they bring in the good food. I think that's what Jesus is speaking against. I think it's okay if somebody notices, hey, you've altered your routine. Notice you didn't go to lunch. I think at that time we can say, you know what, I'm fasting and here's why. And it may open up other opportunities for further conversation. So again, fasting assumes a body posture that aids our process of becoming like Christ. As vineyard people, we know that kneeling, raising our hands, having our hands in a a posture of receiving, dancing, being face down on the floor, there's a connection to worship. The same thing happens when we fast because we're interconnected, physical and spiritual. So choosing to not, to not eat food in order to seek the Lord, it impacts our prayers and our worship. It does. Right. I think fasting has at least two activations. One, it serves as a reminder because those hunger pangs don't go away. And it's the reminder of, all right, God, we have a need. Would you give us an answer? You're good. We trust you. You're for us. Would you give us an answer? Please provide. It also aids in coming to a place of surrender. It's the reminder of our own mortality and that we're dependent on things outside of ourselves to live. Surrender is, Father, we want your will to be done and make us indifferent to everything that's not your will. So fasting is body posture and it's body discipline. In particular, uh, Paul's words to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to, 20, 20, 24 to 27, easy enough for me to say. Do you not know that in a race, the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it so that after proclaiming to others 
I myself should not be disqualified. This is about every part of who we are being useful for kingdom purposes. That's Paul's, Paul's perspective. In the same way that an athlete is going to compete for something that will not last very long, I'm going to compete in the same way for what will last forever. Now, I had no idea that I was going to be speaking this morning, but I mentioned in last week's email about how fasting also helps in other areas of our lives. Because that muscle of resisting food is the same muscle we use to resist temptation. That whatever the thing is that we are susceptible to, the ability to say no to food strengthens our ability to say no to that thing. The ability to delay gratification brings us into adulthood and frees us from where our natural desires, good good desires, it's good to desire food. It's good to desire drinks. It's good to, to desire sex. None of those are bad, but are they our God? Are they the thing that's most important to us? Another part of the body discipline is it reveals where we still need to grow. To grow. I'm sure we've noticed about ourselves that when we're well-fed, well-caffeinated, well-rested, well-provided for, our bandwidth for other people increases. The annoying person or characteristics, we have a little more patience for when all those things are there. So... Often, we say our crankiness is because we haven't had our coffee or we haven't had our breakfast yet or whatever it is. But really, those things just cover up areas where we need to grow. So fasting plays a role in helping us grow in the fruit of the Spirit so that we're not dependent on circumstances to keep us in a place of love and joy. If my ability to love and experience joy is dependent on coffee, I'm in trouble. If it's dependent on food, no matter how good it is, I'm in trouble. I've got room to grow. I also want to say that as we look at this practice of fasting, we do so knowing that God is for us. Remember, Jesus fasted in the wilderness and went to the cross so that we would never know deep soul hunger. The hunger that we try to cover up with other things. Fasting is a time of letting go of something for a time so that we can take hold of the abundant life that God has for us. So again, the practice of fasting is an intentional response to a significant need. So we looked at why do we do it? Again, it's that response. What is it? I would argue that body posture, body discipline, uh, exerting authority over who we are in order to grow, to be like Jesus. So how do we do it? I do want to say, caution to any women who are pregnant, or nursing, 
don't fast from food. If you have or have had food issues in the past, don't fast from food. If you have a medical condition right now that fasting would be detrimental, don't do it. There's other things to do. There's other things to abstain from. Examples. Maybe for some of us, we'll do this in addition to food. This time of fasting, we could obtain from sex. Now, don't use that as an out. For some, oh, sorry, can't. Can't tonight, we're fasting. It's got to be agreed upon between husband and wife. That's, that's Paul's, all right? That's free marriage counseling. That's Paul's instruction. Husband and wife, agree on it. Maybe you're staying from alcohol. Probably a really good idea if you're fasting because it's going to hit a lot quicker. <laughs> Abstain from social media. I, I got to do that. And or the news. Don't doom scroll. You're free from doom scrolling, okay? Yeah. Maybe abstain from TV as well. If you are going to fast, the, the, the challenge I'm going to offer is take the next step. Just wherever you are, what's the next step forward? So some of us have never done it. Some of us have never fasted. So intentionally skip one meal. What I can tell you is breakfast is the easiest one to skip. Like, and actually wait till lunch. You know, don't just wait till 9 o'clock. <laughs> Fasted. Maybe you've done one meal, do two. Or it's one meal one day, two the next day. Because it's, it's going to be about four and a half, five days. I'll, I'll give a little, some details in a, in a moment. Or maybe you've fasted a couple of days. Do a full day or a day and a half, a couple of days, or the whole time. Whatever it is, what I'm challenging, saying, please, really consider this. I know we're not much of a fasting culture, but what's the next step? What would be the challenge? Like, it really, it is a sacrifice. We receive something in the midst of it, but it is a sacrifice. And decide whether to do uh, a Daniel fast, which is essentially fruit and vegetables, or a full fast, water only, maybe a little bit of juice. Those are a couple of things. So how long and what? How long should I fast for and what should I fast from? So if you're one who's in the group that can't or shouldn't do a food fast, are there types of foods that maybe you abstain from in this time? Maybe junk food or comfort food for us. So here's the, the challenge for us this, this morning to, to echo Jesus' words, when you fast. We realize this, this is a challenge. It's not a mandate. If, if you decide not to do it or don't, don't feel led to doing it, that's all right. It is a challenge, but again, we're, we are challenging. Please really consider this. Because this whole process, as we've said all along, it's a spiritual journey. It's a faith journey. The enemy's active. There's things he doesn't want for us. He's not just going to step out of the way 
And so come before the Lord and ask, how do you want me to fast or abstain from something and for how long? How do you want me to fast or abstain and for how long? So again, as I said at the beginning, this is not something we're taking lightly. So we want all of you to have time to pray about this and to be able to decide in your heart. I think Paul's uh, command or instruction, I should say, on giving, around being a cheerful giver, deciding in our hearts, I think the same with fasting. Be a cheerful faster. Decide in your heart how long and what to fast and abstain from. So we're going to start next Sunday on the 12th. You can start before that. You won't get um, disciplined for starting early. And during, the, during that time, we're going to offer prayer prompts, specific things to be praying for so that you know as you're fasting on, on a day, here's the thing. So corporately, that we've got a specific uh, idea or desire that we're going to pray about together. And then we're going to conclude it with a night of worship on Thursday the 16th. Uh, a night of worship and prayer. So we'll start uh, Sunday the 12th, go through Thursday the 16th with a time of uh, worship and prayer. So uh, be on the lookout for, for that information. If you want to put it in your calendar now, uh, we'll start at 7 o'clock on Thursday the 16th. So as I conclude, as I've been saying, the practice of fasting is an intentional response to a specific need. And to quote McKnight once again, fasting is the natural, inevitable response of a person to a grievous, sacred moment in life. As I've said, friends, we, we have a need. We, we need God's wisdom. We need God's provision his protection, and we're asking for answers. So we, we want to buy the building, so we need the numbers to work. We're not just going to take it on to do it, right? We, we don't want, as we, as we said in these, we don't want this building to be an albatross around our neck. It, the building is not the ministry. The building serves the ministry, So more, more importantly than any of that, we want to do God's will. And as I said, be indifferent to everything else. Fasting helps bring our bodies into alignment with what God is doing. Once again, we're challenging, inviting you all to join in with us in fasting or abstaining from some different things from November 12th to the 16th, where we'll conclude with uh, a night of worship and prayer. So if the ministry team and Wesley could, could come on up. Um, each week, as we, we do, we, we want to give an opportunity to respond. Um, our ministry teams can pray. Um, over any need that you might have. It's not limited. I've got a couple of things I think uh, the Lord wants to do this morning. Um, but if you have a physical, emotional, or spiritual need, they would be happy to pray with and for you. Um, I think 
friends, there's an opportunity for breakthrough this morning. Um, I think the Lord is already doing stuff in worship. It was uh, really powerful. One of the things that I think the Lord wants to do is he wants to break off I can't. So as I'm talking about fasting, I think some of us are saying, I've tried it, I can't do that. That's not for me. And so, you know, maybe you failed at previous fast or it didn't go like you had hoped. Um, I think I've broken more fasts than I've completed. And I had this sense as around breaking off this I can't that the Lord is saying with a smile on his face, try again. Try it again. It's, it's not, fasting's not righteousness, it's wisdom. Here's an opportunity. Come on. The bread of life. Everlasting water. Uh, th- this, as we've mentioned before, we, we have pre-service meetings. Um, this is in line with um, some, that somebody shared. The success is not whether or not you complete what you want to do. The success is in the R-I-S-K. That's where the success is. That's the thing that pleases God. When we step out in faith, God, I, I don't know if I can do this. This is hard. I've done it before. It's really hard, but I'm going to try it again. So if that's resonating with you at all, that it's felt like fasting in the past has felt like a burden, that's not what the Lord has for you. So come get prayer for that. I think he also wants to break off fear. For some of us, the idea of not eating or giving something up uh, causes fear to well up within us, that we're missing, that we're going to miss something, or that there's something that we need and during this time, it's going to be gone. And the Lord wants to, wants to break that off. I had this picture of almost darkness holding on to food. But it's food that's not even really food because it's the stuff that comes in boxes. It doesn't have nutritional value. But as we lay down some of those things, we get to experience what he has for us. The Lord has a feast for you in the midst of this time as we fast from food, as we fast from different activities, we get to feast on the Lord's presence. So I invite you to stand. As I said, we've got our ministry teams here happy to pray for you. If anything resonates, come forward. Just take that step forward. Right? Nobody knows what you're coming forward to receive prayer about. Uh, so come, come get prayer if you have any other need. Right, Jesus, we thank you for the practice of fasting. That in the midst of the hunger pangs, the foggy fogginess in our brains, that you're near. So what I ask, Lord, is that you would lead us corporately and individually into a time of feasting on you. That we would experience you in a new way, 
really as the bread of life, that there'd be sustenance in our time with you in your presence. That you would unpack those deep areas that, uh, where we really are hungering and thirsting and allow you to meet those needs. Yeah, there's, there's grace on the, there's grace available for you. Grace, grace is a gift. It's the fuel that we walk with Jesus in. So burn it up. Burn it up. Inexhaustible. children at home, my wife used to say, fasting is much more difficult when you're still fixing food for other people. So I'd like just to pray for anybody who may be in that situation (laughs) where you are manipulating, serving, smelling, doing all the food things without eating it, that God would give you a special grace. I just pray a blessing, Lord, on those who intend to fast, but also are responsible to nourish others physically. May your grace be on them. May your favor give them wisdom on how to navigate that. May your strength be for them. May they, may they feel uh, a ability to see the reward that you've set before them while they experience uh, gr- greater temptation. I bless them in Jesus' name. Thanks, Bill. Feel free uh, to hang out. Um, our ministry teams will be available. Wesley will continue playing. If you have kids in children's ministry, I invite you to go and um, pick up your kids. If you need to go, uh, may you go to love and serve the Lord and the grace that only he can provide.